This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. This is one of those Billy Joel songs you very rarely hear, but it's a great song. What album was this on again? Uh, Glass Houses. Glass Houses, that's right. So we got a huge guest that's coming your way today, Curtis Sliwa, live in studio as he is every Friday. Judge Andrew Napolitano, Nassau County Executive, Bruce Blakeman, famed defense attorney, my good buddy of 47 years, Joseph Takapina, will talk to the president, the 76th president of the New York Young Republicans Club, Gavin Wax. He is not a big fan of Mike Sapricone. And we'll talk to Hall of Fame catcher, New York Met great on the upcoming Met season, Mike Piazza. He'll be here at 9.15. But my next guest spent time as the deputy in the Attorney General's office to Andrew Cuomo, when the former governor was the Attorney General, Steve Cohen then went on to be secretary to the governor under Cuomo. He's a former assistant U.S. attorney in the Southern District. And again, he does not own the New York Mets. It's not the same Steve Cohen, but a very smart and successful man. Nevertheless, he wrote a column in the Wall Street Journal, which reads, Trump's $355 million fine fits with New York law. We know that already, Steve, but it's still garbage. The verdict feels proper. No, it doesn't. But will we come to regret stretching Executive Law 63? So Steve knows right off the bat in all transparency. I'm a good buddy of Trump. I think this uh, case was repulsive. I think Letitia James is repulsive. I think this judge should be disbarred. They knew before this thing even started Trump was going to be guilty. This is a bunch of nonsense, politically driven. And how do I know that? Because Letitia James ran her campaign on saying, saying it, quote, quote, I'm going to get Trump. And she got him. So what I want to hear any law that provides some backup to Letitia James because she wanted to do this and she did it. But, but Cohen is a lawyer and will present some type of case here. Stephen, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning, and I appreciate, first of all, you making it clear that I have no affiliation with the New York Mets, given what preceded me on this broadcast. <laughs> Are you a Met fan? Uh, you know, the problem is, I, although I was born in Brooklyn when I was a kid, in 1968, my parents moved me to Chicago, which will break any sports fan. Um, growing up as a, uh, you know, a, a young kid, 
Um, you get your heart broken enough, you realize find a different sport. So uh, <laughs> I, I do not follow the Mets. I, uh, I embrace ice hockey because it's the only sport that I think actually replicates life. Well, listen, I'm a big Ranger fan, too. So you were a Chicago Blackhawk fan? Uh, I, you know, uh, the Blackhawks and the Devils and the Rangers are going to break your heart. They're doing it again. They're setting you up. Oh, I think you're 100% right. Nine straight wins, beating everybody. All their stars are playing well. Even Tristurkin's playing well again. There is no doubt, you're right, Steve, that they're setting us up for a colossal fair. But we'll see. Uh, it's been fun watching them so far this regular season. Let's get to the uh, the column. Now, you heard what I said moments ago, and that is that Letitia James never mentioned Donald Trump, and she became the attorney general, and she brought this case. Even then, it's still ridiculous, but at least you can say there's something behind it. But when you campaign on getting Trump, that was her campaign. Not, I'm going to put guilty people in jail. Not, I'm going to make the streets in New York safer. No, I'm going to get Trump. And then you get this ridiculous lawsuit. Uh, you have to admit, Steve, that whether there's law to it or not, it loses a lot of its merit. You're 100% right in the sense that we have moved to a world where you know, prosecutors were always political. I, early in my career as a federal prosecutor, I've been a state prosecutor, and I will acknowledge that there is, there, there is no laboratory of purity in which prosecutors are operating. Uh, unfortunately, and we can debate why this has happened, in the last, call it five to ten years, there has been a greater sense of politics in, um, in offices of prosecutors, and in particular, when you're dealing with elected prosecutors, more and more, as you just pointed out, they're running off of positions they're going to take, which as lawyers, they shouldn't be doing. They should be saying, I'm going to look at it. If there's a case, I'll bring it. If there isn't a case, I won't bring it, but I'm not prejudging anything. And, and with respect to uh, Tish James, n- no question. Uh, she ran on this. There are a number of other people who are currently in office in New York that did a similar thing. And, and it, it sure does, for the reasons you just mentioned, raise a, 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 a sort of a specter of a lack of both credibility and you know fairness when it comes to those proceedings if you run on the position i'm going to make the case i'm going to win the case right so 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 that's a, a very fair assessment by you you agree with me that's great and then again even though you're going to explain to me why the executive law 63 gives her every right to do this and legally she had a right to do it uh you would agree that it's very 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 rare that you have a case like this where there's no victim. Steve, the banks didn't complain. They made a ton of money on interest. So the banks made money. Trump paid off his debts. There is no victim here. What exactly right. did and, Trump do? And that you're at the heart of, of, from a legal perspective, you can look at this politically, you could look at it legally. Legally, if you say what's going on here, and, you know, for many years I sat in a prosecutor's office uh, and tried to figure out, the most effective, efficient way to bring cases. That's part of the job. It's part of, and I don't mean to minimize it, but it's part of the game. It's the strategy. It's the tactics of what you're doing in those offices. Part of your head, though, has to go to how do I operate fairly and appropriately under the circumstances? What's odd about this, and you hit it exactly right, is that in a normal fraud case, if you were to bring a civil fraud case, the SEC were to bring a fraud case, you would have to prove that the statements were not true, that they were material. In other words, that they actually mattered 
that they rely, were relied upon, and in most instances, especially in a civil case, that there were damages. 6312, the New York State executive law under which this case was brought, is a completely different animal. It is the bazooka of the armaments that an AG has. Because what 6312 does is it says that stuff doesn't really matter. What matters is that there is a fraud that is persistent and pervasive, which means it just happened a lot, and that the statements tend to mislead, tend to deceive. Whether or not they deceived, whether or not they misled, becomes irrelevant. Now, you may say, why in the world do you have this kind of law? And the answer is because if you think about it in the context of consumer fraud, somebody is selling something to the consumer and they are persistently making misstatements about the item that they're selling. You want a mechanism for the AG to come in and shut that down, get an injunction, prevent it from happening. That is this law. Now, I think quite aggressively and not wrong in a legal sense, this was used in a different context. Again, I would say from a tactical standpoint, you know, kudos to the smart lawyers who figured out you could do this right. and succeeded. Right. But it does give you some pause. And, and in your case, more than some pause. No, I'm some pissed. reason to be quite <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah I'm exactly. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. And then and then I want to see, you talk about uh, in 6312, and you're right, no argument here, repeated fraudulent or illegal acts. Now, we know, for example, how unprepared this the case was because they actually valued Mar-a-Lago at about $18 million. Steve, if that's worth $18 million, I will help raise the money with you today. It's, it's closer to about $400 million. So he undervalued some, they undervalued properties, he overvalued properties. And you know this, this happens in the real estate business every day, every day. If his name wasn't Donald Trump, in a million years would Letitia James pursue something as silly as this. Again, when at one point they value Mar-a-Lago about $300 million less than it's really worth. So, you know, yes, the, the, the executive, the law is there and all that, but you can talk to your blue in the face. No one is ever going to convince me that they would ever bring this case against anybody else, anybody, than Donald Trump. Well, it's an interesting issue. You, you, you could argue that in, in a prior generation, cases people forget that they should remember um, the Grasso case uh, that was brought under Spitzer, the Hank Greenberg case. Well, hold on. Let's um, stop there right was... there because uh, we actually got pretty funny with Dick Grasso when he ran the New York Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think you told me this yesterday. It's interesting. Spitzer was the guy that really started this type of aggressive stuff. What was that case about again? Well, the, yeah, I mean, the, the problem with the Grasso case, which, which people forget, is it was really a, a case about, um, about his level of compensation. At the time, the New York Stock Exchange was a not-for-profit, right. and the question was, um, why is he making so much money? There, there was a very powerful charities law in New York. Um, a similar situation, Spitzer quite cleverly said, we're going to look at it. Uh, there are no comparables that justify this level of pay. The problem is the board of the New York Stock Exchange, a, a bunch of incredibly well-respected 
um, individuals. I think at the time it was chaired by, if I'm not mistaken, Carl McCall and a number of other people, or at least I think McCall may have chaired the comp committee, blessed the compensation, and they did have comparables from private industry. That should be enough. But again, you know, to your point, these kind of selective cases leave people in the public um, with real concerns about how are you exercising discretion when you're sitting in a very powerful office. And by the way, politically, you know, these cases are very popular. Uh, and, and these laws, though, uh, especially in New York, there are all of these laws that people really don't pay attention to. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. the other problem with 60 through 12, which people forget, is this is not a case. I mean, people don't understand, well, where is the jury, number one? Well, there is no jury because of the nature of the proceeding. Take me 20 minutes to explain why that is, and you would still say it doesn't make any sense. But that's the law and has been the law for 200 years. You, you look at the kind of proceeding. It's a summary proceeding where the AG has a right to front load all the evidence. So the court getting into this case has all of the AG's affidavits, explanations, uh, and conclusions before the case ever begins, which is why you end up with these advanced rulings yeah. that sure look like the, the, the case has been pre-decided. And by the way, I'm not a Donald Trump fan. Um, you know, politically, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. As you said, and I worked for Andrew Cuomo for years. I got my start working for Mario Cuomo. But what I worry about, and a lot of people I, I um, work with are worried about, is this one's Trump. Could the next one be me? And I love that about this conversation and about you. It's easy for me to bring on Trump people. We're all very, very angry. But when I hear you, uh, a Democrat, Cuomo person, say, hey, this is a little scary, that means a lot more. This is uh, Steve Cohen. He was Andrew Cuomo's deputy in the attorney general's office, then secretary to the governor under Cuomo. He's a former assistant U.S. attorney in the Southern District. So, Steve, I had Alina Haba on a couple of days ago, and I know she has to say this. I know she does. But she seems really confident that Trump will win this in appeal. At the very least, if this fine doesn't go away, it'll be lowered significantly. If you're in Alina Habe's shoes, would you be as confident as she is? I would not. I would say exactly what she's saying, but I would be at home pulling my hair out because I do not see how you get this thing reversed on appeal. The New York law is well settled. I don't even see, you know, maybe they will knock down this judgment a little bit, but not much. And meanwhile, you've got this whole drama playing out right now about whether or not you can seize assets today as opposed to after uh, the appeal process is, is over. I'm frankly perplexed by all of that. You know, it's always struck me, and the law is pretty clear, you post a bond, you post some kind of undertaking that you will pay it with security, and you get your appeal, and the whole thing is stayed. So that's a game within a game um, that will be, I think, the next series of stories we see in this area. So you're a New York guy, and you could appreciate the economy here, business here, real estate, and all these are issues. You know, we're broke. Let's be honest. We spend more time worrying about how to pay for migrants than we do uh, folks like Steve Cohen and Sid Rosenberg. That's a fact. I don't care what anybody says. So we're, we're in a bad place here. And I think you'd agree that the last thing we could afford is that people like Donald Trump, who uh, built an empire here with a very impressive company, leave. And it's not just Trump. You see the numbers, Steve. They are leaving in droves. And when I say they, I'm talking about millionaires, maybe billionaires. A case like this, 
You know what it says to me? If I'm a successful business guy, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to Florida. I'm going to Texas. I'm going to Dakota. I don't care. I can't practice here because Letitia James can wake up tomorrow with a, you know, with a, with a crawl up her ass and decide I'm going after you. Look, I would, I would even go further. I mean, we can, we can debate Tish James and, and how she comports herself in office. Um, and that's a political conversation. And I think I've said other places that, that generally speaking, um, I think this was a, a clever case that may trouble me on, on the fringes. I do think there's a bigger problem in, in this city, in this state. You know, there once upon a time um, was something called economic development and urban planning. And it, it now seems to exist solely in the notion of stealing jobs from New Jersey. And then they steal them back. That, that is not a plan that is going to keep the business community healthy and happy. Um, we have a problem with the way we police uh, in, in terms of things that we now characterize as crimes that aren't warrant, uh, that don't warrant prosecution. I, as you said, I used to be a federal prosecutor. What, what is lost in, in that statement is actually was um, one of the founding members of the uh, gang unit in the New York State, the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office, where we prosecuted um, street crime and gangs and murders. And I think we're blessed right now that the the violent crime rate is relatively low, but the amount of uh, crime that goes on in any given neighborhood, it affects the ability of a local business operator to, to run a successful restaurant or store or pharmacy is deeply troubling. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, the headline cases are important, I'm not going to ever suggest that the New York State Attorney General's office shouldn't be doing big marquee cases. We did it when I was there. At the same time, where is the planning on the part of prosecutors to deal with the kind of crime that affects every one of our lives, takes place in the subway, takes place in the stores? And there's a real sense that it is uh, corrosive yep. in a way that affects yep. everybody. True. So in the final 60 seconds, another person that I dislike as much as Letitia James, and it is personal for me, is this Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. I think he's a fat Stupid embarrassment. Steve, you're on my show now. Things are different here. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how I talk. He's a fat, stupid embarrassment. And I have to tell you that when Rachel Mitchell decides in Phoenix, I'm keeping this creep who murdered that woman in a Soho hotel here because I don't trust that Alvin Bragg will penalize him the way he should. While Alvin Bragg complains, I give Rachel Mitchell the MVP for the week. I feel you'll feel differently, but that's how I feel and many New Yorkers. Well, look, I'll tell you my position on uh, on Alvin Bragg. I know Alvin Bragg. Um, he followed me by a few years in both the U.S. Attorney's Office and the uh, uh, New York State Attorney General's Office. It, it, Alvin Bragg was elected, and there isn't a thing Alvin Bragg is doing. I don't live in, in Manhattan. I live in Brooklyn, um, so I didn't vote in that election. But Alvin Bragg told you what he was going to do, and now he's doing it. And people have to pay attention and participate in elections because – a lot of folks are in office that people are complaining about now, but they told you exactly what you were going to you were going to get with them. Yep. And, and so, you know, there's an election coming up. If people don't like Alvin, they ought to get out and they ought to support other candidates. There, there were plenty of other candidates in that particular race. I think ten people ran for DA. Um, and, and by the I way, by the think, way, including my bunny, uh, who's representing Daniel Penny these days, uh, an American hero, the great Thomas Kniff. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. You know, there, there are, in that race at least, a lot of times you complain there aren't any choices. There were a lot of choices. 
Um, and similarly, you know, on the citywide races, there have been a lot of choices. People have to start paying attention. And I am acutely aware and at times deeply troubled, given my own background and the kind of cases I did, that we're not taking low-level offenses seriously anymore. And I understand the social arguments. I understand that there are all sorts of other economic forces and drivers. But at the end of the day, if I'm operating a local store on the corner and people consistently come in and steal goods from me, it has to be more than a revolving door. Yep. And that's just the way life is. Agreed. I see people jumping the um – the uh, the train you know every day uh, and I pay on that. I know yeah. and I pay 135 I mean, we, bucks a month <laughs> and when I say it's corrosive the, the problem is that you know the, the people who are jumping if you actually sit and watch a lot of these people are people who can afford to pay the fare oh yeah it's because you know the attitude is I'm not going to be a sucker the other guy isn't paying why should I pay right and why should I be bothered exactly. Uh, this is a very good column, folks. Trump's $355 million fine fits with New York law. It actually does. The verdict uh, feels proper, not for me, but will come to regret stretching executive law 6312, Steve Cohen. That's a heck of an appearance, Steve Cohen. Thank you very, very much. Great job. Thank you. Thank you so much. Real pleasure. Take care. There he is. Uh, Steve Cohen used to work alongside Andrew Cuomo in the AG's office. Very impressive, smart guy.